Hello, everyone. Welcome. Warm greetings to all of you at this time of the Gemini new moon. We're broadcasting from New York City, and we appreciate all of you who have been able to join in with us at this time. For it's a rather special opportunity today, as many of you will know, it's not only the Gemini new moon, but this particular new moon is um, accentuated quite powerfully by a number of alignments. Um, the first being the annular solar eclipse, the ring of fire, a potent symbol of the energy of the spiritual will that is um, able to be contacted at this time by a group of focused and aligned individuals who wish to cooperate in the regeneration of planet Earth, which is our theme today. And so we're capitalizing, you might say, on the energies available. But not only is this a lunar eclipse, but a solar eclipse, excuse me, but it's also um, magnified by the fact that today Mercury one of the ruling planets of this sign of Gemini is being um, exactly placed in alignment with the sun. In astrological terms, this is called Kazemi. Mercury is Kazemi, the sun, which literally translates as in the heart or on the throne of the sun. And so it just means very simply that Gemini um, Mercury and the Sun are both in the exact same degree, which occurs um, basically every two months, more or less, six times a year, but it's a very potent um, alignment, particularly in the sign of Gemini, because this is a sign, one of the signs that is ruled by Mercury. And so we could say that because Mercury stands as a messenger of the gods, it is always the servant of the sun that this day, this time, it's opportunity to stand and fulfill that role of servant of the sun and its other function of being a powerful uh, planet that takes in seven times more light than any of the other planets. And it gives a significant portion of that light to our Earth. It's helping our planet to become sacred. So all of this is just to say that we're very happy to have this opportunity to work together as a group. Because only as a group, an aligned and meditative group, can we attempt to contact these potent energies that are pouring in. So as we do at the beginning of all our meetings, let's align with these energies. And I might suggest that since this sign of Gemini is powerfully uh, an inlet for the great second ray of love wisdom, the, plant, the energy that rules our planet at a soul level, and which also conditions our entire system for the solar logos himself is also found along this line. Let's just link with that most potent uh, second race star, which the Tibetan teacher has told 
overshadows certain of the signs and it would seem quite fitting that it does overshadow this Gemini festival being primarily a festival for the inpouring of light and love. So let's just make our alignment. Projecting a line of lighted energy towards this great star of sensitivity. And visualize the energies then pouring through the constellation of Gemini, through the heart of the sun, through Mercury, Venus, and the Earth, and through the three planetary centers of Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity. And through humanity, releasing these impouring energies to all life forms. And then we stand together and sound that most ancient prayer, the Gayatri. O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return. Unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Thank you. Because Gemini is one of the signs um, wherein the planet Earth, our planet, rules, the other place that it rules is in the opposite sign of Sagittarius. So when we're in that uh, alignment of those two signs, it seems quite certain that the Earth is highlighted and stimulated and so therefore the theme of regenerating planet earth is appropriate and one of the things that i thought it would be interesting for us to consider when we enter into our discussion period would be to consider the name of our planet because we know that all things take their name from the soul essentially the soul names all things and so our planet as well we could state has been named by its higher self. And so the names of the planet take on a real significance, um, indicating perhaps the underlying purpose and intention that is working out through that great life that ensouls our planet. And so it'd be helpful for us perhaps to ponder 
um, what this name actually means and what it signifies for humanity in particular because it's our responsibility. We're one of the key kingdoms, we're told at this time, of great transition in the evolutionary journey of this great life. And so we would like to understand what it is that we can do to help the Logos fulfill the purpose of our planetary life. So it makes sense that um, the three Earth signs would also be very much um, associated with this planet, the signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And it links in with our role as part of the new group of world servers because we know that that group is also governed heavily by this Earth influence being ruled by Taurus, but also very much conditioned and we might say ruled by Capricorn when the festival week of the new group of world servers occurs every seven years. So as planet Earth is related to the Earth signs, Let's bring our focus down and ground it as we do and hope to do at new moon times with a focus, as we said, on the movement towards regenerative agriculture. And as you know, or may not know, one of the primary focus points of this movement is the soil itself, which is really another name for the earth on one level. And so the soil of our planet is the source of most of the richness and the incredible beauty and diversity of this planet. Um, but it's simply a two to eight inch layer of topsoil. But within this small layer of soil, 95% of all the food produced for the human kingdom is grown. It's manifested through that soil in one way or another. So the soil is teeming with life, with organic materials, seeds, minerals, as well as a variety of insects. But as many of us know, this soil is fragile and it's been threatened as a result of so much that has occurred because of unwise and unregulated agricultural practices. And as a result, the soil is becoming increasingly scarce and threatened. And it's said that 33% of the soil on our planet is moderately to highly degraded. And so by transforming our agricultural practices, we can begin to reverse this situation and build heavily on a healthy and resilient soil that can help restore the livingness to our planet. And the regenerative agricultural movement has for its aim the protection and the very restoration of this soil as a counterbalance to this degeneration that has been occurring for quite a number of decades. Um, and I think that whether this movement knows it or not, it attributes much of its uh, underpinnings to a, a very wise individual 
named E.F. Schumacher, who in the 1970s wrote a book, a very influential book at the time, called Small is Beautiful. Some of you might have heard of it. Um, he was writing it at that time, all those years ago, to help alert humanity to some of the worrisome trends which he saw coming, looming up right. Schumacher was primarily an economist, but he took a systems approach to his work and also to his life. In other words, he saw all social, economic, and political systems as interrelated and warned of the dangers of what he called gigantism. How prescient a concern was that? The increasing takeovers of many aspects of our civilization by the moneyed interests who more often than not do not place the good of the people nor the good of the earth as their primary consideration. So he warned of that. His vision foresaw quite accurately the present trajectory and he advocated for the preservation of small scale systems that fostered human interaction and happiness. Quite a contrast to today's increasing mechanization and oftentimes dehumanization of the world we live in. We might say he foresaw some of the potential downsides of the incoming of the seventh ray, such as one of its um, glamours, which is called the God in the machine complex. Another of the glamours of this ray influence, which we also see growing in the world is control of the people. So the regenerative agricultural movement that has arisen in order to provide an alternative to those trends, which had their beginnings in the, really in the green revolution in the 1970s, um, mushroomed more fully in the 90s with the shift towards an increasing globalization. Such movements were initially well-intentioned, intended to increase food production in order to meet the need of the burgeoning global population. Unfortunately, however, because they were left unchecked by inadequate controls, they easily morphed quite quickly into the propagation of monocultures and the consequent takeover of small farms everywhere by the agribusiness with its focus on this monoculture and the genetic modification of seeds, the use of chemical fertilizers and the consequent deterioration of the soil, the seeds and the nutritional quality of the crops. These trends have had a devastating impact on the environment and on human health. Regenerative agriculture is a system of farming principles and practices that seeks to rehabilitate and enhance the entire ecosystem of the farm and of the greater earth. It places a heavy premium on soil health, water management, fertilizer use, and the humane raising of livestock. It advocates conservation tillage because plowing 
and tillage erode soil and release large amounts of carbon dioxide into the environment. So therefore, by adopting low tillage practices, we keep the carbon in the soil. Low rotation planting practices build up one nutrient in the soil and neglect all the others. In contrast, strategic rotation planting infuses the soil with greater organic material, helping to cut down on disease and leads to much less use of the need for chemical fertilizers. And it's helpful to know that 40% of the greenhouse emissions come from non-sustainable agricultural practices. And yet this situation gets little attention as the global climate change movement focuses largely on the use of fossil fuels. Much of the agricultural lands globally are increasingly geared towards the production of grain for livestock as well as for livestock grazing. And this situation has a major contributing factor to the low water reserves, which are beginning to become quite a problem and a concern on our planet. The demand for land dedicated livestock production keeps growing as increasing numbers of people throughout the world adopt a Western uh, diet, which is based often quite heavily on meat and dairy consumption. And the treatment of animals who are grain-fed is incredibly harsh and stands as a real blight upon the soul of our planet. And in the USA, and surely in many other parts of the world, glyphosate, the key ingredient in the toxic Roundup pesticide, which is sprayed on commercially grown agricultural products, primarily crops such as soybeans and corn, serves as the primary feed for the meat industry. And this contributes towards making meat a considerable carcinogen. Many peer-reviewed studies and observations have linked meat consumption to the skyrocketing incidence of disease that is afflicting so many people today. Also, the demand for high-yield crops has led to the widespread use of chemical sprays on fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. And this, too, is exacerbating the health of the human and animal kingdoms. The growing movement to reverse these trends has taken hold most dramatically and hopefully, we hope, in the recent protests of over 250 billion uh, people in India in support of the farmers, the small farmers of that massive land. India is one of the few countries in the world wherein they have been concerted effort by farmers to sustain their small farms and to stand strong in the face of the onslaught of the agribusiness which has largely done away with these small farms in many other areas of both the developed and the developing world, and which has been encroaching as well into India. Indian farmers are accustomed to standing strong in the face of oppression, and the present protests 
have really been a continuation of earlier movements that took place in the 80s and 90s. And today's farmers are said to be largely composed of the sons of those fathers who participated in and organized those earlier movements. This movement has been going on for many months now, and it's been supported, as I said, by 250 million Indian people who have come out in support of the protesters and their labor unions who are very organized. And they're demanding um, the refusal to enact three primary bills which are put forward in the Indian court systems, which would really have a major impact on their lives and their livelihood and has led to um, these problems have led to many suicides among Indian farmers. And so this movement has the support of many of the people of the country and they're making strong demands and they are in negotiations right now. So we could perhaps hold their struggles and the struggles of all small farmers and movements as we go now into our meditation. And we can use the energy of this Gemini interlude strengthened by the potent, potent eclipse to work in meditation to do what we can to utilize the energy of the group mind to support and strengthen the beautiful smallness of small farmers everywhere and see them and their work and the products of their work blossoming forth and spreading throughout all parts of the planet. So let's now focus ourselves and lift our energies to the mental plane. Focusing in the center of the evened arm cross of discipleship, the light and love of our group and project a line of love toward the hierarchy and sound together the mantra of group fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the new group of world servers. We mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the hierarchy, the planetary heart. 
and towards the Christ, the heart of love within that hierarchy. And then we project the line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Next slide, please. Higher interlude. Holding Visualize the precipitation. No, excuse me. Could you slide back one? Higher interlude. Thank you. Working in the higher interlude, hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence.
meditation. Reflect for a few moments on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas. Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet from Shambhala through the planetary the hierarchy through the Christ. 
through the group of world servers and radiating out into all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world and finally into the hearts of all open and receptive members of the human family. Lord Interlude, consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems. Distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light, love, and power, and see the energies being distributed through the five planetary centers, the centers of energy distribution. London. Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. From the point of light within the mind of God, 
let light stream forth into human minds let light descend on earth from the point of love within the heart of God let love stream forth into human hearts may the coming one return to earth from the center where the will of God is known let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve from the center which we call the human race let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells let light and love and power restore the plan on earth Thank you, everyone. And now we come to the section of our meeting wherein we'd like to hear from you. If you have any comments, questions, uh, anything you would like to share, um, you can do that by posting something in the chat box and also by um, clicking on the reactions button and you can raise your hand and we can therefore call on you and unmute your microphone. Um, so the first uh, question, but you can share anything really, but the question for consideration is um, this idea that esoterically all things are named um, by the soul and therefore we might want to consider what our planet's name signifies in terms of our planetary purpose. 
So if anyone has any thoughts on that. All right. Uh, Angela writes, permaculture is becoming extremely popular. A personal food forest in your front backyard. Rudolf Steiner was wise to incorporate gardening in the model of children's education. Yeah. It is a skill that we need to cultivate, literally, um, moving forward. It's very helpful. Thank you. Uh, Avons, thank you for sharing the link of Eco Villages. I see that John has his hand um, raised, so we're unmuting you. Hello, John. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Hey. In, in true Gemini fashion, two thoughts. The word earth, it's a bumper sticker that I see. E-A-R-T-H with the A-R-T portion in the middle, art. Mm. Emphasized and highlighted. E and N, or H on a different color. E, of course, can be epsilon and H in Greek is eta and may also denote n um, or uh, eta in uh, e in the Russian language. But the idea that earth and art, creation, artifice is in the center of it, mm. I think can be most helpful. Contained within our name, earth is art. Mm. Well, it certainly is a beautiful planet, so it, it, its gift might be partially related to that gift of bringing forth beauty um, to our whole system, perhaps. Yeah. Thank you. Another thought, Kathy, is regarding the purpose of humanity. We've seen the increasing mechanization of agriculture. Please forgive yeah. the emergency vehicle in the background. Maybe it's a uh, symbol <laughs> rather than yeah. just a sound. Yeah. But perhaps humanity's destiny lies in working with the earth and instead of so many mechanical devices, more hands. And with that, I will go ahead and mute because the vice president is coming by. So we'll do oh. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Um, Angela writes, Earth is an anagram for heart. So that's another way of looking at... Uh, the letters of our planet. Yeah, thank you. Um, Minerva writes, the documentary Kiss the Ground details what you spoke about. It's great. Yes, I, I agree. 
Uh, it's on Netflix. I, it might be on other platforms as well, perhaps on YouTube. I'm not sure, but it's very, um, very helpful. Uh, thank you, Avon, for another link that I'm sure you will be interesting. Um, Michelle Pineda writes, is the planet's name Gaia? Is that the personality name? Well, I think Gaia, in my understanding, is just another name for Earth, you know, so, but I, I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, I can share a few thoughts that I've had about our name and its significations in regards to planetary purpose. Oh, here's something for before I share my thoughts. Um, I'm not sure if it's Matthew or Santana, but probably both of you together. Um, the name of this planet is in all languages can be translated as our home. This earth is our home. So let's protect and take care of our home. Let's take care of the land, the soil, the plants and the animals. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing to share. Um, and Luis gives another link. I'm not sure what that's to, but I'm sure um, if you want to save the chat, you can click on the three, three dots below. And so you can save it to view some of these things later on. Um, some of my understanding of perhaps our planetary purpose uh, here's someone, Angela writes, the microbiome of the soil is a correspondent to the microbiome of our immune systems. Yeah. Yeah, I think this whole idea of soil and of the idea of earth is very much related to our purpose um, because we are a, a ground I think for spiritual energies. Our planet has a difficult uh, karma to work out due to the karmic conditions of our logos, we're told. And, and we're part of that, you know, so it's, it's one of the most uh, challenging planets to be incarnated in, in our system, along with Mars and Saturn. These are the only three planets in our system which are going through this um, idea of initiation. This process. initiation is a is a forcing process. It's not. It's accelerating the normal evolutionary slow growth that is the way on other planets. And because partially because of this accelerated spiritual growth, uh, there are many more challenges because. Um, such a thing as a forced evolutionary development can cause overstimulation, um, a lot of which we see at this time manifesting in different ways. And so our Earth being um, on this forcing process means that our evolution as a planet, not just as individuals, but as a planet, our planet is being um, exponentially pushed to fulfill one aspect of its dharma in our solar system, which is um, to become the base chakra of the system, of the solar logos. And so the base chakra, as you know, 
is uh, once it awakens safely, um, the whole system, it's a reflection of the whole system really coming into alignment with its sole purpose. And so what's going on here is challenging, but it's also incredibly important to this whole system. And so our purpose is, is great, really, um, as is all, as this is the purpose of all planets. But we have this unique role of going through this forcing process so that um, we can aid the system and fulfill our function within the whole. And related to that is this idea that our system is related to this forcing process. And so there's a, a grounding of spiritual energy possible on our planet, which can bring more souls into a hastened evolutionary development. And so it's an experiment. And if the experiment is successful on our planet, who knows what other planets coming along will also be um, following the model of the Earth, of this more rapid evolutionary development, more rapid ability of individuals who are incarnated here to take initiation. So it's quite a, an incredible um, experiment going on on the planet. Uh, so uh, somebody writes in Spanish, which I won't read. I'm not sure. I think it might be in Portuguese, actually. Um, Gloria writes, can you explain, define the planetary logos? That's really mm, the sun, uh, or actually the planetary, that's the solar logos. The planetary logos is the great life that ensouls our system, our planet. It's a great being, um, a transcendent being. Uh, and not not an incarnated in physical form. The incarnation of the Logos is said to be the individual named Sanat Kumara, who does have an etheric form because he's so rarefied, we're told in the teachings that he can't take physical incarnation. So his, um, his work is etheric in nature. And the Logos is the great life that overshadows Sanat Kumara. So it's really just a, a way of describing the great life that ensouls our whole entire planet. Um, Marie Christina writes, fantastic fungi reveals an underground network of beauty and regeneration. Thank you. Um, John writes that Angela is saying in Portuguese that in Greek mythology, Gaia is the name of the goddess Earth. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> so we have a couple other questions that might be um, good to move on to. Um, are you fostering the healing of the earth in any way? How, how, if you are, what are you doing in your daily life? to foster the healing of the earth.
Well, one thing we're all doing, uh, or most of us here are doing, is participating in the full and new moon work. That is a powerful vehicle, whether we do it in small groups, which is really ideal, small groups in your own community, or in larger groups such as uh, online work. Um, Angela writes, our triangles work surrounds Mother Earth with light, love, and goodwill. Yeah, the triangles work is so attuned to stepping up the planetary vibration by sending, as you say, light, love, and goodwill through the etheric network. And it's really one of the primary tools that was given to us to focus on this work of healing the planet. Thank you. Yeah, Michelle writes, grounding the earth through group work. Yeah. And Wend writes, triangles. Yeah, so if any of you are not familiar with triangles, it's a service activity of, really, of the Arcane School. You can go to our website, triangles.org, and find quite a bit of information. We'll explain that work, but it's basically a daily practice which involves linking up with two other people that you who agree to work together with you each day and you visualize a triangle of lighted energies and then you link up with all other people throughout the world who are also triangles members and you visualize the planet as a network of these triangles and radiate the energies of light, love, and the will to good through the use of the great invocation. So it's, it's very simple, and, but very powerful, and we can help transform our planet tremendously through its use. Um, Angela writes, by supporting organic farmers and small farmers, this nurtures our own bodies and Mother Earth's body as well. Likewise, avoiding GMOs and non-organic methods of food production. Yes. Yeah, I think we're somewhat unaware of the um, problems of the non-organic uh, structures of our vast majority of our global agricultural system. And I, I do believe, of course, that as we move forward into the future, this will change and is changing. And so we hope that um, by supporting these movements through these small discussions, we are perhaps contributing to transforming us so that we can all live healthier lives on a healthier planet. Ginny uh, writes... Um, um, that also world goodwill contributes to planetary healing. Yes. And we encourage you to all participate in the Wednesday Goodwill Meditation Group, which you can find out more about on our website. And we also have a webinar that once a month helps to stimulate that work. Gloria writes... Um, do the, do the Triangles members link in real time? In other words, do they need to 
be in the same time zone. No, that's not necessary. It's a, an activity that transcends limit any limitations of time and space. You can be linking with your triangles partners at any time during each day. It's just advocated that you participate each day, but you can do so at the time that's convenient for you. And you can live, triangles partners live on all different parts of the planet or within the same family. It's really up to you. Minerva writes, I think that our daily meditations, daily mantras, being careful with our thoughts and words, uh, yes, contributes to this planetary healing of the, yes, thank you, Minerva. Violet writes, the part, responsibility of humanity is to be the highest of the kingdoms. Yes, hence the importance of uh, the full moon work and the new moon work, because that's when we're told there's a parting of the veils possible and an ability to thereby link more fully with the higher kingdoms and as a consequence of that higher linking to then distribute the energies more fully into humanity, into these lower kingdoms, as you say. Um, Matthew and Santana write, thank you for expressing everything so well. The same thing seems to have been happening in the health industry. We are part of the earth and what happens to us happens to the earth. Yes, Antenna, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, the shift is happening, but um, it's being counterbalanced by a shift on the other side as well. So each day we can take um, our thoughts into this idea of healing. And uh, Wednesdays, we can also work with the cycle of conferences work, yes, which is going on now. And you can go to World Goodwill to find out more. I'll get a link about that work. Gary um, writes, concerning question number three, which is uh, what parallels do you find between nurturing and nourishing the soil and the spiritual path? Thank you for moving us along to that, Gary. Um, the soil can be symbolic of the three vehicles of humanity to ensure there is purity, health, and harmony devoid of pollution, so that contacted ideas, seeds planted, can flower and increase evolution in manifestation on the physical plane. Yes, that is such an important point. Um, you know, that's why the Tibetan, he does indicate that some of the people that are best suited for the spiritual path are those that grew up in religious homes where there is um, a measure of discipline, you know, and um, stability because then the, the vehicles are prepared more fully. Um, as a young child today, there are so many forces that are pulling kids in so many directions, whereas perhaps some of the more um, controlled and disciplined uh, families might actually be serving some kind of purpose in um, preparing these souls for entry onto the path. 
when the as the consciousness expands and perhaps gets free of some of those uh, restrictions and moves into uh, truly uh, spiritual practices with prepared vehicles because if, as you know Gary as we enter into spiritual work there can be a lot of overstimulation particularly if the vehicles are not prepared for that stimulation and so no matter what our upbringing was we can at whatever age institute those disciplines in order to be able to work more safely with these potent energies uh, Minerva writes I purchase local as much as I can I have reduced greatly my use of plastic cleaning products etc yes those are simple steps we can all take um, Nathaniel writes he's discontinued using herbicides whoops and enjoy enjoying the dandelions yeah you can make some good tinctures out of those dandelions um, Steve writes and I know Steve and his mostly Barbara his wife uh, are very much working in with the land uh, nurturing the soil takes time and requires persistence it involves working with seasons and cycles and this is the same with this spiritual path works with these seasons yes I mean as above so below um, the law of analogy holds so true so by observing the natural world and as Barbara does getting very close to it in her gardening work we can really attune ourselves to the cycles of our own soul for their parallel other. so I'll just take one more comment here from John there are the wondrous examples of Malala I'm not sure how to pronounce her word in education but yes just and uh, Greta Thunberg in the proper use of resources yeah, many of the young people coming along are certainly um, aligning with their souls. So thank you all so much. And we look forward to seeing you again and working with you again at the upcoming meetings, which are the Festival of Cancer, as you see on your screen, which will be on Wednesday, June 23rd at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then that will be followed by the Leo New Moon meeting on Monday. No, that would be actually the Cancer New Moon meeting on Monday, July 12th at 6 p.m. And then the following festival of Leo Full Moon will be on Friday, July 23rd. And that's the first of two Leo full moons this year so hopefully we'll have an opportunity to work with this Syrian energy again uh, two times so I look forward to seeing you all then and have a good night